Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Chris, as I said before we hit record, we like to get right to it and give away the goods. But before we get into uh, our conversation, can I get an oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Nice. So first of all, Chris, um, we like to talk about thinking like an entrepreneur because I happen to believe entrepreneurial thinking is important whether you are an entrepreneur, which means you are working inside of a company, or you're an entrepreneur, which means you work outside of a company. So there are basically four areas. Some people might argue and say that these some of these areas are, are combined and one of the same, but it's my show. I could describe it the way I want to. <laughs> you got sales, marketing, operations, and finance, right? Which of, of those areas would you say are, um, is your favorite? Oh, LZ, I wish you'd ask me which is my least favorite because that's easy. That's finance. <laughs> I mean, I like money. Not for money's sake. I like what it can do. I hate sitting at my desk looking at money figures. I, you know, I just think, oh, like that's, that's kind of why I'm in it, but it's not why I'm in it. You know, this, it's, it's, it's two-dimensional when you're looking at the numbers. Sales I kind of love because I know you're going to have a lot of – I know you've had a lot of great salespeople on your show. For me, sales is like the highest human art. And that's kind of why I got in. That's one of the things that was going on in my head when I got into my business first time, that you can engage with someone, that you can kind of sit with someone and listen and understand them. And I don't believe sales is selling people stuff they don't want. I think sales is a transfer of confidence. It's about the stuff that you know is good and that you know that they need. And kind of that moment when they see it, they see what you see. And they kind of go, yeah, I want that. That's, that's, that's really great. I mean, there's a lot of stuff around sales I don't like. I'll keep it short. Sales is great. Sales is great when it was working. Sales is terrible when it's not working. Marketing, because that's my background, you, you're going to say, I'm going to say, that's kind, of, that's kind of my love. It's a rich area and there's a lot of stuff going on. Got it. So what is it about marketing that you love? Yeah, it's kind of understanding people again. Like we had a pre-show chat, you and I, and you said you're you said you're a planner by nature. You love to kind of see what the area is. You want to see what's going on, and kind of like that's it with people. You know what's going on in ten thousand, ten million people's minds at the moment. What is it that they're all kind of thinking together or starting to discover? What is the what is the bridge that you can make from your product into that mindset? That's a really skillful thing. It's got a mix of 
planning, like you said, but also you admit to being a creative person, right? And I think you and I are kind of almost exactly the same. I'm just, some days I'm planning, some days I'm creating. And that's what marketing is. So if you have to give one insight or or thing that you've learned over the years that will help listeners get to the next level in their marketing, what would that be? Sacrifice. I don't mean sacrifice your family. I don't mean sacrifice any. What I always tell clients and they seem to get is good businesses have 20 stories to tell. Great businesses tell one story. You've got to throw away the 19 things, which which they do stand up. You know, those 19 versions of you or your brand that people will believe in. And you've got to throw away 19 and just back the one, right? And you might not pick the best one. It doesn't matter. You could pick the fourth best one. But if you back it 100%, it's going to be, it's going to work for you. But just having the confidence to throw away the other 19 and use your time on the one. That's really sage advice, Chris. I'm not I'm not gonna gonna say that it's not, but if I'm a, if I'm listening to this right now and I'm yeah. thinking that's easy for you to say, Chris, yeah. I'm an entrepreneur and I get new ideas every single day. How do I put that advice into practice and and focus on the on the one story? We call it founderitis. You know, they're kind of people that they had too much going on in, in their minds for, for where they were. And even when you're an entrepreneur, right? You, someone's saying, this is your job. That's the box, right? But you're thinking, no, 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 there's all this other stuff going on. So you're absolutely right. That's the thing that we call founderitis. How do you, how do you deal with it, right? I think get your panel, I, probably three things. Get your panel of advisors. Like, Who do you trust that's really tough with you when you say, oh, I've got this great idea? And they look you in the eye and go, yeah, it's an idea. It's not a great idea. You've had better. You know, who do you trust? Three or four people around you. I think the second thing is have a file, you know, a digital file or have a written file somewhere where you can, you call it great ideas, you know, notebook, great ideas. Because then they sit somewhere. Chances are you look at it three months later and go, yeah, that's an idea. It's not a great idea. You know, there was something there, but it's not really that. But if you come back to it, or even if you don't have to open the book and that idea keeps on speaking to you, then it's probably a great idea that you can't, you know, you can't leave to one side. And I think the third thing is know your vision. Elsie, you're going to say, Chris, it's easy to say that. Yeah, it's harder to do. Completely agree. But know your vision. Overall, what is it you want to get to? What's your, what's your view of the world? What is it? What world do you believe in? And if you believe in that world, what do you want to stand for? And what do you want to stand against? And, and does your idea help you with that? That is dead on. I, if, if you believe this or not, Chris, and I'm not just saying it because we're talking right now. I have a file I call it my business idea inventory. And whenever I get an idea or a thought or inclination, I write it down and I develop it over time. And what I found is I have some ideas in that file that are more developed than others. To your point, some of them, I look at them now and I'm like, that, that's not the best idea. <laughs> and so the development is is smaller than other ideas that I have. They have a page or maybe two pages of things that over time I've added to. So that that's really good advice. One thing that I want to want to cover, uh, and I think it's kind of funny, and um, it, it's called What is the stupidest thing you've done? It's called, what is the stupidest thing you've done? We're talking about ideas. We're talking about focusing. But, and I know it might be hard to find one if you're like me. What was one of the stupidest things that you've done, either personally or in business? Oh, 
God, you know, there's so many. I'm going to say I'm going to say the rational thing that occurs to me first, and then maybe there'll be something a bit more after that. But the rational thing, when I'm I'm 58 now, right? I've been running a business accidentally, I would say, for 20 years. That's longer than I ever worked for anyone else. So my dumbest thing I think I ever did was leave working for other people too soon. When I left working for other people and I set up on my own, I had, right, you might not believe this, Elsie, but I had never used a spreadsheet. Like I couldn't do that. And so if you can't use a spreadsheet, you can't do your figures for the month. You can't plan. You can't imagine in a numerical way. If I'd stayed another five years, I might've gone crazy. I was in advertising. And I met some truly wonderful people that I hope I know for the rest of my life. But I met some people I hope, I got to say, I hope they're dead already, right? That's not nice, but they were vile people. I mean, vile, hurtful people. And the world is better off without them. And the business itself, you know, when I was in a room across the desk from an art director, and we were coming up with ideas for posters or TV commercials for, you know, an airline. Wow, what a job, you know, best job in the world, right? But maybe I could have said, well, you know, I need some more skills around this. You know, I need to know how to book a taxi for myself because <laughs> I never had to do that. I need to know how to use a spreadsheet. I need to know how to follow up with a client. I need to do a bit of prospecting. So my dumbest idea is probably leaving business before I had business skills. And that's, that's a really awesome segue. It's almost like you're inside of my notes and you know where I'm going next. Um, because one of the things that I've... Um, learned over time is I have been through that same thing where, you know, I thought I was ready. I jumped out there and I was like, nope, not ready. Let's jump back in and learn some more stuff. But what I did is that second time around, I changed my mindset. I changed the way I looked at the company I was working for. And I started to learn about their their business, how they did sales, how they did marketing, how they did yeah. operations how they did finance. And by the time I left, I knew business better because I, I just changed my perspective slightly. Yeah. The thing is, right, when you're in a business, you, you think, how can I go and ask that guy or that, that person, that woman? They're really busy. But I tell you, you go and ask someone and the people that say, oh, no, I'm too busy, they kind of maybe don't know their stuff. Maybe they're not open-hearted, open-minded. But you go and speak to someone and say, yeah, you know, like, I'm a bit busy. You come back at six and we'll sit down and I'll, I'll just talk you through. They're the, they're the greats. They are the great humans and they are the great mentors. You know, and you can learn 20 years experience in half an hour from them, you know, and then see someone else the next week. And you can pick up all these things, right? How to use a spreadsheet, how to find a new client, how to deal with a difficult client, whatever it is, how to get a new idea through a bigger organization. I kind of think reach out to those people, be open with them, say what you're about, and the good ones will respond. Absolutely. Um, I found that when you add value, it's easier to get value. Over the, your time in corporate and, and running your own business, how do you help people? Talking about adding value, right, and, and helping people get what they want. What are the things that you're doing these days that, that helps people? There's the core of my business, right? Which is when people say, Chris, what do you do? You know, you work for a business called Verbal Identity. What do you do? And I say, right, well, simply, we help businesses use language better. And they, they kind of see what I'm saying about that, you know, but the fact is that language is being used everywhere all the time. So it's packaging, you know, I can see you in the studio LZ and I see you've got some things on the wall. You know, that's language. After the show, we're going to email. 
that's language. If you package a product physically, you know, that's language. If you're communicating, that's language everywhere. If you're talking to investors, that's language. If you're talking to a new employee, that's language. Language is working everywhere all the time. So at the core of my business, what I'd say is I help people use language better, but in a different kind of way to answer that question, I kind of, I, I try and really listen. You know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a shrink. I don't have those skills. But just sitting still and listening, you know, listening all the way past the end of that person's sentence and just thinking about what they said. That for me, so many people go like, this is really good, Chris, because you've listened. You've encouraged me to talk. And through talking, I've started to understand a bit more about what I'm trying to do. So I would say listening and just asking opening, open questions. They're, I mean, they're not techniques, right? They're things that I think can really help people. Got it. So what is your number one key to success? Okay, so this is not the answer you want, but depends what you mean by success. In building your own business or building your own department inside a bigger business or, you know, trying to be a skunk works in a bigger business or trying to challenge, I think the thing you've got to have is consistency. You know, in sales, you can't stop, right? It's going to be 99 phone calls and they're all going to be rubbish, but it's the hundredth, right? And if you don't make the 99, you're not going to get to the hundredth and you've got to do it consistently. In marketing, you can't kind of turn it on, hope for a result, don't see much of a result, turn it off. People need you there. Ops, you know, you're thinking about ops has got to be consistent as well. I reckon it's consistency, but, you know, when we all get to the end of our road, whatever our road is, and we look back, success for me will be having created really wonderful relationships with people who would identify themselves as clients whilst I'm a supplier or I'm a partner that move beyond that transactional. So I've got people who were originally clients. I've just been a, a weekend in Lisbon in Portugal uh, at a conference and I was invited by a guy who is really great, a super thinker. He was a client. Then he did his own startup and he asked me to be a kind of advisor. And then he did something else and I took a different role with him. And now, you know, he's saying, Chris, I'm going to this great conference in Lisbon, Portugal. You should come. And that for me is like, that's success. You know, I, I, don't, I hope I'm not going to die of hunger. There are people, right? And I'm not trivializing it in any way. But assuming I'm not, then what am I really going to get out of this? It's going to be the human relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, first of all, Chris, thank you so much for um, your time and sharing. Um, I know I got some good stuff out of it. Three ways to focus on your founderitis. Uh, we, talked about, <laughs> we talked about the stupidest thing you've done, which is also a stupid thing that I have done. And we've also talked about consistency, which I, I totally agree. Uh, consistency across those areas, those four areas, sales, marketing, operations, and finance will set you on a key uh, path to success. So uh, thank you for all of that. And um, if people want to learn more about your business, more about you, how can they do that? So if you want to learn the basics of my business, my business is called verbalidentity.com. I said this to someone on the phone once and they went, gerbil identity? What do you want? No, verbal identity, like word. So verbalidentity.com, that's the website. I'm much more talkative over on LinkedIn. So if anyone, I've got, my name is Chris West, which is one of those names, which is pretty common. So if you go onto LinkedIn, you find Chris West, verbal identity, that's me. And LSD, would you excuse me if I plug my book? Sure. Thanks. It's called Strong Language. And I think that probably for a business of any size or an entrepreneur of any ambition, 
then language is is probably the most underused tool that they've got at their disposal. And knowing how to use language is is like a superpower because you communicate your ideas faster. You know, you get people more loyal to you. And that's what the book is about. It's called Strong Language. So if you kind of want to read a bit more about the work we've been doing for 10 years with different people, then please have a look in Strong Language, the book. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. LZ, thank you. You're just a blast talking to you. <laughs> thank you for saying that. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.